What you've just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. On your soul. What it do, fam? Welcome to episode six of Broadly Specific, aka the BS Podcast, a Fifth Amendment production. I'm your host, as always, Smooth Eleven Twenty Six. This is the podcast that gives you a generally precise opinion of how I see the world with vaguely distinct attempts to keep you informed and entertained. That sentence never makes any sense, nor does the world we live in. So that's the sign that we have started the show. How are y'all doing? God damn, look at that. We are on episode six. Can't believe it. I'm actually staying consistent with this. Not really, because I ain't on no set schedule. But coming, maybe, next week. We'll see. I'm trying to get better. I'm trying. I'm trying really hard. I might sound a little elevated tonight. Because I am recording tonight. I ain't going to lie. I got some liquid courage in me. Got me some tequila. With some limes. Sipping on that, had a great day at work, long, hard day at work, but needed to unwind, especially if I want to do the shows, I got to get that work shit off me. Um, So it's actually working. I had some wine too, but I'm also elevated because I have a very special guest. Um, I often mention this person as wifey on the podcast, but really haven't given her a full introduction, but she decided to pop in today. Looking sexy, looking dreamy, oh. like a snack. I maybe want to hurt and get off this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, we have the one and only golden goddess, Alchemy. Round of applause! Round of applause! What to do? Awesome. I'll kind of force her to be here. Well, I actually, I, we had a nice conversation before this. It was a long day at work. And um, actually, I wanted to keep the vibe going, so it was really good. I got to say that the whole reason that I even have the kind of conversations I do or the things that I try to do, just, you know, just trying to be a better human being. You know, I got to say I owe a lot to this woman. So I asked her if she wanted to be on the show uh, tonight, she's like, "What the hell?" She got some li- liquid courage in her, as well. And you know, typically, I try to—I uh, told you—I try to promote some black shit on here all the time, like I can. Um, and like, what? What did? So what did? What did we have? What did you provide us tonight with the the libation that we had tonight before this tequila? Oh, we just had a bottle of um, Cali Red. So that is. Um, what is the vineyard? Nineteen prime. I think it's 13. It's 19? Yeah. Damn, so that's some hard time. <laughs> yeah, so 19 times wine, and of course it's the uh, Snoop Dogg branded Cali Red, and it's actually really, really good. Really good. Where'd you get it? H-E-B, of course. Down the street? <laughs> hey, y'all can get that shit. That shit was cheap. She said it was $10. I was like, hey, hell yes. 
I'm about to be gone. Yeah, we're, we're finishing it now, so. You finishing it? I was done. <laughs> yeah. No, I really like it. It's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it was it was awesome. Yeah, so I appreciate her being here um, tonight, but um, still got to keep the show rolling. Um, Want to get back to a regular show today. Um, you know, the last episode was the 444 episode. I was really you know, just expressing the love and the, um, admiration that I have for that, for that Jay-Z album. And I'll, I'll try to do that stuff a little bit, um, throughout, you know, the different, um, shows I do in the future. Cause I'm just a huge music fan. Speaking of which J Cole, that, um, that new album about to drop tonight, like at midnight, I might even stay up for it maybe, but it's that off season album or mixtape. I don't know. What do you want to call it? But I just looked it up and I saw Timberland going to be on it. Oh shit. Yes. Hell yes. Good. We'll see. He already got me hyped on it, though. But anyway, we'll, we'll get back into the traditional sense of what we uh, what I normally talk about on this show. So as always, let's 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 start it right with the the fan favorite segment. Man boobs. This week, guys say I gained a little weight. Might be going in the wrong direction, but it's because I'm gaining muscle mass. I've changed what I'm trying to do. I'm doing way more weight lifting, well, body strength training, I should say. Um, really kind of getting into the fact that I'm an endomorph and just like building muscle. I know tonight really isn't conducive to it because alcohol doesn't help, but shit, I had a good day. But I've been doing uh, about two miles every, uh, you know, jog, run, jog, run, or jog, walk um, at least two to three times a week. So still been using on the, the Nike Run Nike Run Club app. So hit me up, Smooth1126 on there, on everything. So if y'all want to join, you need someone to, you know, keep you, uh, you know, have an accountability partnership. I don't know. You probably rather more than I do shit. I, I try to do around nine to ten miles a week maybe but it's, it's going there but mainly doing strength training at least twice a week i'm doing two i'm doing two days of 100 push-ups if i'm not waking up early enough but i've been doing that i've been trying to do the 444 principle like the only reason why i'm even seeing that number is because i'm waking up enough at that time um it's just so much better to do workouts in the morning versus when i try to come home it's just i can't do it man my brain is exhausted and i'm just i ain't got the goddamn energy but what's really been helping is um, eating's been right. We got a we got the JBG Organics coming every. We got a new drop coming on Friday. Yeah, I mean eating fresh has definitely helped so much with the diet portion, and that's really the most important thing of all, you know. Uh, yeah, it's hard <laughs> though. But we got that butcher box, which that's my favorite. That's like getting candy in the mail. This is all the all the meats. Hell yeah. So that's that's doing right. Um, I did a week where I, I learned on the what is that thing we have the Instapot. I made a thing of rice that lasted for a week. I found some Asian chick that was making it on YouTube. Man, cooked the rice for like three sec no three minutes. Just let it sit for fifteen minutes. It's the best rice ever. Yeah, 
the best rice ever. So I had that shit. It was amazing. But um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that segment short because we got so much I want to get to on my main topic. But um, sliding right in, um, let's talk about what I'm actually been reading. So I'm not sure if I mentioned this on the last um, episode, I would say episode four. Um, I've been reading this book called um, Eat Smarter by Sean Stevenson, and uh, it's actually helped me look at fat in a different way Um, and understanding that not all fat in your body is actually made the same. There's different types of fats. It's like your your white fat, your brown fat, your beige fat. It's like everything has a different. I'm serious. You look at fat. Yes, yes. It's crazy. Okay. It's like adipose tissue. It's about Whatever like. Whatever it is, I don't want it. <laughs> you got it. Actually, you see, this is the thing. You actually want beige fat. Your beige fat is the fat that you actually burn. If it's brown, that's the type of fat that you want because that's the fat that babies have. So, you know, when your baby is born, you have that baby fat that's there around all the cheeks and like, oh, like a little cabbage patch. That is a fat that is meant to burn and supply energy. And so a lot of people don't really necessarily have enough of that fat. They have too much white fat. And that white fat, its job is to make sure that it's storing the energy. And we just live in a society where we got highly dense, you know, Caloric, calorically dense foods that we eat. So anything that has carbohydrates in it, you know, that's just how it is. Like, I'm drinking alcohol right now. There's a lot of calories in this shit. And I'm wow. enjoying so it. What you're saying is, once again, <sighs> whitey is. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Got his, his, his foot on our neck. Oh, no. <laughs> wow, that took a, that took a turn. You said the white fat is the worst one. I didn't say it's the worst one. <laughs> I'm saying that's the one. This is okay. This is actually what I'm saying. Fat is not bad. It is an evolutionary uh, tissue that helps that 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 our body needs. Right, but you're saying we have too much of the white. We're not using it in the way that it needs mm-hmm. to be. We we. we what I'm saying is that the, the, the fat is going to do what it's supposed to do. But what's happening is that we don't live in a society that's conducive of putting it to use. Right. But then at the same time, we have an industry that is overloading us with all this energy. It's like, we want to, all y'all niggas do is slit, sit on your ass all day, watch TV, watch Netflix. What do you think fucking COVID was? Sit your ass down. Don't go nowhere. Don't go outside. Wait till you get vaccinated. Let me not talk about that. Let me let me digress. But <laughs> but then you eat all this food, and it's like, what are we doing? Why do we need all of this? Why do we need to eat three, four times a day? You know, you really don't though. Like it's just it's too much. Like you're saying, like most of the time, people are having to force themselves to do more exertion, like exercise and stuff like that, to burn it off. So it's really, you know. Yeah, you don't even have to go out to get Let's food no more. More burn. Yeah, you could. Good, it's not. It's not that hard. Before you had, you know, back in the day, as a hunter gatherer, or even at, 
being in agriculture. You had to work to get your food. You either had to go get it, you had to go hunt it, you had right. to go dig it. Like there was calories that you were expending to get what you, you need. Exactly. Right. Now you can tap a button on your phone that should deliver to you. Pray to God they don't they don't eat your fries before they get here. You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> it's really easy. They earned it because they picked it up. <laughs> Whatever. That shit, dude. I've watched World Star way too much. There's too many goddamn people that take to be eating the food. There's one dude that we catch them on. There's one dude that got caught on uh what is it? The uh what's the camera? The home camera? Is it the nest? No, that's the thermostat. Was it the ring? Yeah, the yeah, ring. Yeah, the ring. Everyone got caught eating the fries and drinking the drink. <laughs> and he's like, dude, you gonna do that to my food? No, he's like, no, I'm, yes. People savage out here. And dude, I don't, look, I, I don't have no room to talk, but I've seen these videos, man. These motherfuckers be huge as hell. I could not do a food delivery job. I couldn't do Uber Uber Eats or DoorDash. Nigga, I would blow up <laughs> all, all that food I'll be eating to and then get there. Shit. Man. Oof. Anyway. So, <laughs> so, yeah, it's been making me look at fat completely different. I don't feel as bad about it. I just need to put it to use. So, it's a good book. Um, it's pretty funny. Sean Stevenson kind of, you know, puts a spin on it to where there's a lot of definite um, nutrition that, that goes into it, a lot of science. Um, but he makes it fun and he makes it relatable. So I'm about, probably about two thirds of the way through it. I should be finishing by the end of the month. But um, yeah, that's the main book I've been I've been reading. Um, and then on my runs, I'm still on um, Mastery by Robert Greene, which it's really really good, man. Um, I kind of get tired of his style where he. I was just about up? to say that I really love Robert Greene's books, but. They can get, after a while, a little, what's the word, a little boring, because, you know, sometimes the deep dives into, you know, the examples and the stories kind of can be a little much. Yeah, well, it's like he's living these existence, like he's, he talks about the subject of the book, like, like how power, like the 48 laws of power. It was always through the basis of how the example of other people right. utilize their power. And the same thing is happening with mastery. He's talking about all these different people understanding and mastering their craft. Like he's putting a big one emphasis on the, on the I'm not sure what chapter I'm in because, again, it's audible. He talks about John Coltrane and how he um, basically revolutionized a new freeform uh, style of jazz and it's really interesting when he gets into the nuances of that, but I wish it was presented in a different way. He's not really speaking of mastery from himself. He's just talking it through the others and exactly. almost feel like, man, I just need to read a book about John Coltrane. Exactly. Yeah. Like, man, this dude was amazing. Or Mozart or Beethoven. Like, I'm like, man, this is, this is really, like, these people were really fascinating. And so it's like, it's almost like it cuts off in the book where I'm just like, nigga, I don't need you. I'm like, you should have just gave me a, a bibliography of, you know, all the different sources that you had. And I'll just read that. I mean, I don't know. It's a summary, but 
I mean, I just I'm, I'm doing them when I'm running, so it gives me motivation. It's still good. At the end of the day, I still enjoy it, so I'm doing that. Um, and then I just started another book, which I need to look this one up, but it's called um, Dataclism, and it's by the dude that um, he uh, he started um, OK Cupid. And um, I told you I'm, I'm getting into a data a data analytics class that I'm taking through Coursera, through um, through Google. I mean, Google certification, like you pass the class and then like you can be a junior data analyst with Google or, or multiple a multitude of other companies. But uh, what's his name? Christian Rudder. Really good. He wrote it in 2015 and I read the first chapter and man, my gosh, I'm already just looking at shit differently. Like, it's on it's on some shit. I had shared some stuff with you. Um, no, we're just gonna say that for another episode. That's gonna take a dark turn. <laughs> right, right. Just related to where we at in the slogan yeah, of this city. That. Yeah, that'll be another episode. Uh, yeah, yeah. I won't go into that deep dive. We gonna keep this one lighthearted. Yeah, I want some drink in me so. Oh, we we want to get we might hey you know what we might get we might get a little buzzed or get a little little uh, elevated for that one. You know what I'm saying? So we'll we'll say that for another day. We got too much content put out here. We don't we don't want to bore y'all. I want to you know we want to tease a little bit. Just a little tease, a little taste, a little taste. So yeah, but that's that's the main segments that I'll go through. But the main topic I wanted to discuss today, man, something I've been seeing is just trending. You know, COVID has really kind of created a, a upside down effect. If y'all ever seen Stranger Things, but for Black people, I think it's the good version of that. And what I mean is that the the takeover has officially started. And if you haven't get the me- haven't gotten the memo, this is your memo now. How do you get away with it? Easy. Told you I was free white in 21. That's how you get away with it. And when you realize that you're free white in 21, you'll get away with it. That's an old Southern expression. And it says every it says every it says. More so in the fact that we are the culture of this world. I can say this country, but I, I, I'm, I'm understanding that we are the culture. We are the, the heartbeat of this planet. And meaning that we give the things that we do, the, the culture that resides in all melanated people, all the diaspora from Africa to Atlanta, you know, just like to, to Houston, where we from. Arkansas where I'm from but Houston where we call home and then here in Austin like it's we really define the tone we kind of set what's cool the beauty standards are kind of ridiculous now like just ass is out of control I saw that they I saw I told you I saw that that uh TikTok video dude's like upset he's like man I can't even look at ass anymore without enjoying like it's just so much ass out here. He's like, dude, look at that ass. And I'm like, I just saw like 50 asses in the last hour. <laughs> you can't enjoy asses no more. But everybody got to have one now, you know? Full lips, 
You know what I'm saying? Trying to tan themselves, you know, darken their skin. Like, like it's it's in the beauty. It's in the music. Y'all already know it's in the music. Come on now. Y'all already yeah. know. Y'all, I ain't got to talk about that. I don't like anybody talking about no rock music. Everything trap. Even the country. <laughs> they they doing country and triplets now. <laughs> country trap. It is what it is. Everybody want a piece. I say all that to say that we, the takeover is live. And... I'm just going to go through some some moves that have been happening over the last year in Hollywood. And I say that because Hollywood is such a huge machine because it helps drive that culture. Like it kind of sets a tone and then it just has a system, a supply chain system that it can get it to our ears, our eyes. You know, it's in print. Um, we're infatuated with these people and what they want to do. They run gossip channels and stuff like that. And honestly, I mean, I bet y'all were watching a lot of TV, you know, over the last year because you couldn't do shit else, right? Right. So I just want to run through this stuff. What I've been noticing is a lot of big people, a lot of black people making big moves in the entertainment industry and not just the stars. You know, we would always think about the actors and I remember it was big and I think it was what, 2000, 2001 when... Denzel Washington and Holly Berry both won the best actors nods, best actor and best actress. I Denzel, so. Denzel won it for Training Day, and then Holly Berry won it for getting her, her back I blown out. Exactly. Billy Bob Thornton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was like a big ordeal. Like, oh, we don't really arrive. You really like me? Like, nah, you get your back blown out. So yeah, yeah, you will get an award for that one. <laughs> Denzel was cold in Journey Day. I'm sorry. He was cold. But anyway, that's how it's typically shown in the industry. Like we we look at that as a as a as a celebration. But then we know that's really not nothing because that's what the whole um Oscar So White fiasco happened back in, I think it was 2016, when Jada was talking too much. <laughs> oh, I think I think her and Will which was revealed yes last year again. I think they were having a private conversation and Jaden wanted to go public. <laughs> just just like last year. No, just like last year. He was like, Why you got me on this show? Talk about your entanglement. <laughs> This nigga got a YouTube. This nigga got way more movies than she do. He don't have to explain shit. This nigga went on her show. 
and was like, you need to explain yourself. (laughs) And I'm going to get you back. I'm going to get you back. That's what he Their relationships and their lives don't even compare to ours. I mean... I'm just saying, this is an example. That is an example of a conversation that shouldn't have been made public. That should have been in their household. This is the same thing. No, it was on a red table. In their house, though. That ain't their house. They should have at the house. That's their house? Yeah. Shit, they got a nice house. God damn. God they should have house. See, so, that ain't even technically, right. Technically. You shoot a TV show in your house or shit. I'm recording a podcast. Exactly. What the fuck am I saying? I was about to say, like. What the fuck am I saying? Anyway. Exactly. Anyway, don't, don't be trying to make. Look, this is broadly specific. <laughs> don't be trying to make no sense on this goddamn hey, show. You invited me here. You alchemy, so. Oh, God. Well, you gotta get to the bottom of things. Look, you ain't. Look, <laughs> don't be trying to plug your shit. You don't get none of that. You get a you get a you get a twenty second segment at the end of the show. <laughs> if that, oh, I digress. Anyway, I think this is the say. This conversation was the derivative of how the conversation was about the Oscar so white because she filmed it in a studio at the red table. <laughs> I think it was behind a fireplace. It was very moody, and she's like, "I'm tired of this shit" because he didn't get nominated for I don't know what did he do. The one he was like, "Tell the truth." Tell them the truth. When you played the African doctor that found about the concussions. I think it was actually called concussions. I think it was called concussions. Right? Wasn't it? Will Smith, African doctor. See how it was so good. Yep, you were right. (laughs) Concussion. (laughs) Right on the head. (laughs) See what I did there? Okay, anyway. So... I think that was, you know, that year, that was 2015. Yeah, so 2016, that was an issue because he didn't get nominated. And that nigga was doing, he was trying to do his best act. <laughs> yeah. It was okay. It was okay. I fell asleep. I just fall I'm getting Yeah, that, was, that wasn't his best, of course. No. When he, like, embodied a character, like a real person, I would say Pursuit of Happiness, which I forgot the name of the dude, and then I would say um, Ali. He was good. Yeah. He was good in that. But anyway, where real stuff is happening, not in front of the screen, but behind the screen, not only behind the screen, but before the screen is even thought of. Like, it's in the studios. It's in the boardrooms. These decisions are happening. So I'm just going to start talking about some stories that are happening. So... I'll go down the line. This was released on Deadline. This was February 24th this year. Kenya Burris takes on contemporary relationships for Paramount Plus in the first series under Viacom CBS deal. So if y'all know Kenya Burris, Kenya Burris, he's the creator of Blackish, um, Grownish, I think Mixedish, <laughs> all these goddamn ish shows. Yep. Um, he got a, I think there's another one. There's another ish that's coming out. But then he did Black as Fuck or Black AF on uh, Netflix. Um, he wrote, he uh, came and co-wrote the um, script for Coming to America, the sequel, which like it. it was all right. It was definitely not, it, it couldn't live up to the first one. But for what it was, a family movie, a black family movie, they hit it right on the nose. A lot of people enjoy that. And I, I told you, I like Wesley and uh, 
um, Leslie Leslie Jones and that shit. They were on point on that movie. Yeah, Leslie Jones to me was the only one that was really, really funny. The rest of it was kind of lame. <laughs> but you know, I'm a hard critic because Coming to America, the original is like my that's, favorite movie. That's a North Star. Yeah, you can't fuck with that. All right, back on back to the segment. I mean, um, the article. So, Blackish creator Kenya Burris appeared during the Viacom CBS streaming event Wednesday to tease his first series for the company. It will be for Paramount Plus. Quote: The first series I will be involved with. Uh, involved with. We are taking an intimate look at contemporary relationships. He said. We'll explore the complicated, ever-changing boundaries and sometimes racy dynamics that have shaped and redefined what modern love is. End quote. So as Deadline reported late last year, Barris opted out to end his big Netflix overall packed earlier for a production venue with Viacom CBS. If y'all don't understand who Viacom is, if you're a millennial, they are responsible for every TV show that you probably enjoyed. So Viacom owns CBS, of course. So all the big CBS shows that were there, like Two and a Half Men, Cheers... Frasier, no, oh, I can't know that Frasier, something else. But anyway, they own BET. So if you black, <laughs> everything that came on BET, they own that shit. MTV, VH1, Nickelodeon, all that shit. And then there was like a country channel that they own too. But basically, you know, when cable, when you got the basic cable package, if you were like at Comcast or who, who do they have? Charter. Um, they owned about a fourth of the network shows that you would have. Plus, you know, CBS, they own the, you know, the, you know, the, the news. Well, I forgot what CBS has. Is it 60 minutes? Maybe. I can't remember. Or not. To, is it 2020 or 60 minutes? One of them. Anyway, that's how big they are. They're big players. They still, they're, they're huge. So they're, they're one of the big three. Um, now the AT&T fucking telecommunications company, they, they own everything too. But anyway, the pact with Viacom CBS is still being finalized. Another quote for me, when it comes to content, the thing that interests me the most is telling stories from a new, from new perspectives and from fresh voices, stories that expand how we see ourselves on screen, who we see ourselves as on screen. And most importantly, who is letting, who is telling those stories behind the screen Barris said at today's presentation, I could not be more than thrilled about joining the Viacom CBS family. Kidnap people. Barris and his Collabo Inc. Society have the Peabody winning Blackish on ABC, two successful spinoff series in Grownish from Freeform and Mixedish on ABC, as well as another spinoff in the works, Oldish. Oh. On the feature side, on the feature side, the company is in production on a reboot of the family comedy Cheaper by the Dozen, starring Gabriel Union and Zach Braff, along with several other high-profile projects in the works, including an animated feature based on the songs of Bob Marley, a remake of classic sports comedy White Men Can't Jump. Y'all gonna do that? Why y'all gonna redo that? Why y'all gonna do that? Anyway, in a film about comedic icon Richard Pryor that will mark Beerus's feature de- directorial debut. He's directing the new Richard Pryor. That movie has been in per- like in limbo for like 20 years. If y'all don't believe me, look, y'all could do a Google search or YouTube search Marlon Wayans Richard Pryor screen test. That's how old this shit is. This Marlon Wayans was trying to be Richard Pryor. It is actually pretty good. <laughs> oh my god, damn Marlon, all right. Man, he's directing that. Okay. 
I ain't mad at it. So additionally, Colombo Inc. Society, which focuses on social conscious, socially conscious storytelling that reflects on culture and tact, tackles contemporary issues and themes, has expanded its imprint into other genres of storytelling with several projects in various stages of development, including a documentary feature about the life and career of groundbreaking civil rights attorney Ben Crump and feature full-length musical about Juneteenth with Pharrell Williams. This nigga working with Pharrell. Let's get it. And then, oh, get this. Netflix has renewed Black as Fuck. Black as Fuck. I can't talk. I got I got alcohol in me. And then, obviously, oh, he's also the executive producer on the Astronomy Club sketch comedy show. I hadn't seen that one before. I watched it. It's, it's oh, yeah, we did. Yeah, we did watch that. I didn't like it. It was forgettable. I liked it towards the end. Like, the first few episodes were weird, and then it started getting funnier. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I ain't got time. Next story. Next headline. Issa Rae Inc.'s big new overall deal at Warner Media, one of the other big ones. The insecure co-creator and star would develop projects for the media giants, TV, and film properties via her Hooray banner. So, Issa Rae is expanding her relationship with Warner Media. The co, uh, the insecure co-creator and star has signed a new five-year overall deal with the media conglomerate. Under the deal, she'll develop TG, uh, TV projects for HBO, HBO Max, and Warner Brothers Television through the Hooray Media Company. The pack also includes a first-look deal for feature film projects with Warner Brothers Pictures Group, New Line, and HBO Max. Man, they get first dip. Let's look at it first. If you don't want it, you can take it wherever you want. The deal extends Ray's relationship with HBO, where she's been under a series of overall deals since 2016, ahead of Insecure's debut on the premiere cabler. Quote, we have been in business with Issa for more than eight years, and we couldn't be prouder of our collaboration, said HBO and HBO Max Chief Content Officer Casey Boyles. Of blows, blows. <laughs> I don't know how to say his last name. <laughs> Casey blows. What the fuck? Blows. I think it's blows. Insecure was a breakthrough series for HBO, and there is much more on the horizon. Hold up. Insecure was a breakthrough series on HBO, and there is much more on the horizon. There's a new deal as an opportunity to leverage the strength of Warner Media to provide a multitude of platforms for Issa's formidable talents as a producer and storyteller. You think he sounds like that? No. 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 Okay. <laughs> All right. He's more Jewy. I don't know. <laughs> um. Yeah. She doing it. She got um. What's the show you watching? The black black lady sketch show. Insecure. I do fucks with that. I fucks with Insecure. That was a good show. It's kind of getting, eh. But I think they got one more season on them, right? I don't. You know what? I'm not sure. Cause her and the old girl ain't together no more. What's her name? They bet her best friend. I don't remember. Damn! I thought you were a fan. You don't want to put me up on this. I am, but I just... There's so much content out there. Like, I just... I don't remember. What, what was her name? Anyway. She got that show. Yeah. So that's been going down. She's going to be... They got so much stuff that's coming on. So... She got a, I think she's doing a, a show or a movie with The Rock, and then they're supposed to be doing a, um, a Set It Off remake as well, which 
do you really need to do that? Yeah, leave some stuff alone. I'm getting irritated with this. I mean, we we had a point like, look, we don't need the, like, it's one thing to be like, we don't need the black version of everything, but then we already got the black version of something, and then you redo the black version. Yeah, like, that's like it's taking away money, time, and resources for new, progressive, innovative, modern, you know, stories and entertainment for the black industry like just let it be it it was what it was let it remain a classic for a while you know and move on and if you're gonna do it like my thing is do it right like I'm, I feel like a lot of this stuff is just being done out of desperation and trying to hurry up and get it to the market well the audience is so big now Everybody has some kind of streaming media. You don't have to have the paywall of going to the movies or like everyone has. And, it's, and we think it's just TV. Like most people nowadays, like the generation after us, like they don't even watch it. They watch it on their phones. It's literally in the palm of their hand, you know. So there's a screen everywhere all the time. And like they want to have segments that is going to be proliferating through social media. Everyone's, everyone wants to be part of a conversation. So you just need content. You just have to have eyes on you. And if you can sell something to those eyes, you can make a profit. Plug. Yeah, that's true. So I'm just saying, like, I'm, I understand the desperation, but it's like, it's paper to be made. <laughs> so we're like, shit, we don't have enough ideas. Uh, set it off. <laughs> But it's easier when you know you have a built-in audience. You gonna watch it? You ain't gonna watch it. Probably not. You if they don't have it on HBO Max, we got HBO Max. We got HBO Max. If it came up, it was on. It was on the little rectangle. Issa Rae, she probably gonna put a (laughs) (laughs) Issa Rae. uh, Who else? Lizzo. Hold up. Hold up. Who else? Who else? Cardi B. <laughs> Meg <Mid> the <to> Stallion. <laughs> you know you watch that. I'm not. You know you would watch that. Niggas. Y'all know y'all I, I, I watch it. <laughs> Who else? <laughs> Shit, it's easy. It's built that's why they do remakes because they know it's a built in audience. That's just guaranteed no, money. Because it. it's a it. risk at the end of the I day. Just, I'm just saying, you know me, I'm all about being true to this. And like, I just, I can see, see it for what it is and it definitely is a turn off for me. But we're in the, we're in the boardrooms now. So if it is going to, because Set It Off was right, right? But we need the real ones in the boardrooms. You, you, know? you the one that... You watched her glow up. You watch Issa Rae's glow up. You don't trust it in her hands? I do, but I'm sure she's, you know. Would you want Gwyneth Paltrow to be doing, or what's, Hell no. who, 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 who's somebody that's behind the, no, Reese Witherspoon, she doing shit. Is. What if Reese, you know what, what's not, set it off, it's one of my favorite movies, and I don't think it was done justice. I think we need to retell that story in modern times. <laughs> Would you trust her? Listen, I don't know who is, how things are structured there. I don't know these people. Like, I'm a fan of... 
I was a fan of Issa Rae before before when she was on YouTube before she was even like I think I told you about Opera Black Girl like yeah I didn't I would have not known about 2013 or whatever but you know there is this thing where when you start getting Hollywood and you have friends you're friends with all these people that have already been in the industry for a while like I don't know like that could probably have a lot to do with how these things get moved into the atmosphere where you know it's a part of not only getting the the market but also you know allowing somebody to have the ability to have a come up off of something pretty easily so to each his own I ain't trying to stop nobody's money grab but you know you also need some real ones too to balance it out the ones that don't care and they just want to be pretty authentic and have some integrity about so how about if Ryan Coogler was redoing set it off yeah I mean <laughs> so what you said is these Ray don't have enough street cred they vote from Cali <laughs> Maybe that's damn I'm just saying I'm the whole point of what I'm trying to say is that we in the boardrooms now you ain't on that <laughs> we no, I real real now <laughs> I just don't I don't care if it was Ryan Coogler or not. I just don't think that some some movies need to be redone there's enough there needs more, and I want to see more new stories. Are you? What are you saying? You didn't love the new Shaft? You didn't love the new Superfly? Oh gosh, stop. That new Superfly was amazing. <laughs> I, no one asked. Nobody asked. You you trying to watch that new Space Jam with LeBron James? Nope. LeBron Nobody James. <laughs> Who asked you for that? Moving on, one of my favorite stories is I'm a big fan of this dude. Donald Glover sets rich Amazon overall deal. Sources say Malia Obama has joined the writing staff for one of Glo- Let me say that again. Malia Obama, that is the the daughter of the former president. Is that the oldest or the youngest? That's the oldest, right? Yeah. I, think so. I don't know. They dog just died. You hear about that? crazy shit anyway yeah, Malia <laughs> Obama has joined the writing staff for one of Glover's first projects on at Amazon the Atlanta star is also said to be getting a content channel for Prime Video this nigga getting a channel <sighs> so sources this is this reporter from the Hollywood Reporter this was uh, February everything was happening during Black History Month sources tell the Hollywood Reporter that the Atlanta um um, multi-hyphenate has exited his pack with Disney-owned FX for a multiple-year eight-figure overall deal with Amazon. So if y'all don't know what eight figures is, that's that's when you have two commas, and then after the last comma, there's two more numbers. <laughs> so an eight-figure overall deal with Amazon. The pack is believed to include a content channel of sorts that will spotlight Glover's work and other curated content on Amazon's Prime Video Hub. Additionally, Stephen Glover, who wrote and produced on Atlanta alongside his brother, has also signed an overall deal with Amazon. We all getting money. The family getting money. Amazon declined to comment. Stop counting your pockets. <laughs> 
The news comes days after Glover announced that he and Fleabag favorite Phoebe Waller-Bridge would be creating, starring in, and executive producing an update of New Regency's Brad Pitt, Angelina Jolie feature, another remake, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. <laughs> Don't you just love know. that? The Amazon deal, which has been in the works for weeks, will also see Glover executive produce other projects for the retail giant and streamer. Sources note that one such project is already beginning to come together, a potential series called Hive, which is rumored to revolve around a Beyonce-like figure and stem from writer Janine Nivers, who did Watchmen in a way. The project has already begun staffing a writer's room, which if y'all ain't seen Watchmen, that show, woof. I couldn't, I couldn't watch it past the second episode. It was, too, it was too much for me. I'm going to get back to it, though. The project has always uh, already begun staffing in the writer's room, with sources noting Malia Obama is among those recruited to work on the series. Additional details were not readily available. Amazon declined to comment on Hive 2. So Glover's move to Atlanta will not impact FX's critical darling Atlanta. The award-winning comedy has already been renewed for seasons 3 and 4 per sources and will begin production in March. So both seasons will be filmed back to back in a bid to return the comedy to the air as soon as possible. The series last aired back in man, May 2018. It's been that long? It's three years now. Wow. Man, we getting old. If y'all ain't seen Atlanta, if you black and you ain't seen Atlanta, and I know people a lot of people sleep on, on Donald Glover because Childish Gambino ain't for everybody, you know? It just it ain't. And it ain't like his track record of some of his comedy that he had. It wasn't black centric. But the dude is funny. And if y'all ain't seen Atlanta, y'all need to watch that shit. That is probably the blackest show I've seen in a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. It's, I really love the episode with Cat Williams. He got an Oscar. Yeah. No, um, I'm sorry. Emmy. Uh, Florida Man. Watch that. Watch episode of Florida Man. It's Cat Williams at his greatest. This dude is he is a legend. He is he is a talent. And he was able to show his ass in Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> of all places, man. That show. Man, that show is amazing. So yeah, the show's future beyond season four has not yet been determined as Glover is said to have a have to carve out to continue to work on Atlanta, should that be something he wants to do. The production schedule for Atlanta will also help clear up Glover Glover's schedule as he announces that Mr. and Mrs. Smith would be arriving in 2022 on Amazon. So all that is crazy, man. It's 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 happening out here. And I'll end with this one just so we can kind of condense the show. This is more on the radio space. Now this dude has been controversial for a long time and he, you know, he came up in the game as being an asshole and a bully and just kind of like a black shock jock more so when he came up under Wendy Williams, which I think she'll definitely I don't believe in hell. But she will definitely burn there. So, <laughs> Wendy Williams is ridiculous. As much as she talks shit about other people, and then, like, you, you don't think that your life is going to go to shit? Come on now. It's just, that's the karma you're putting out there. <laughs> it all comes back. This is all I'm saying. You talk greasy. She talk greasy. Anyway. Charlemagne the God strikes new five-year deal with iHeartMedia. So iHeartMedia has renewed and extended its relationship with Charlemagne the God, co-host of New York's Power 105 nationally syndicated radio show, The Breakfast Club. Most people watch that. Most black folks watch it. And the company announced uh, on Tuesday. This story came out um, December of 2020, so right at the end of the year. 
So under the new five-year agreement, Charlemagne will continue his trademark interview style on the radio show, which airs weekdays from 6 to 10 and is heard by over 4.5 million listeners each week, as well as weekends with The Breakfast Club. <clears throat> That's alongside co-host Angela Yee and DJ Envy. The Breakfast Club celebrates its 10-year milestone this month. Man, it's been out for a minute. And y'all, we've seen they glow up, man. Like, they came from slim, slim beginnings, you know? And they definitely, you've seen the kind of growing pains, and I remember, the like, awkwardness. yeah, I remember the, like, look, we should, do. they got some moments, the little mama moment, where they made little mama cry. But all of that is what made them what they are. Yeah, but that was, like, real, because they were real, but, yeah. you know, they were, like, Ghetto he was dogging, but everybody does the kind of things we would be saying, like, why you gonna be up on stage with Jay-Z? It was my moment. Now, <laughs> nigga, shut you off. He's like, get the fuck off the stage. It's just not your moment. You <laughs> gotta do that to our own live radio. Oh, my favorite That's moment. How they got them views. My favorite moment though, Birdman. That ain't gotta be the best one, right? Put some yeah. respect on my name. It wasn't even an interview. <laughs> what did he say? <laughs> Are we doing it was we finished. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't even an interview. It was just I didn't know. Man. Alright, continue with the article. Ghosts. Uh, I said ghosts, man. I am so drunk. And plus I just can't read. Guests on the show have ranged from former President Barack Obama, President elect Joe Biden, and Vice President elect Kamala Harris to Snoop Dogg, Jay Z, and Anthony Fauci. The crew is also host uh, also hosts weekends with the Breakfast Club, a three hour weekly program featuring a countdown of the top twenty songs on the charts and signature interviews. Earlier this year, the Breakfast Club was inducted to this year into the Radio Hall of Fame and the Active Network Syndication. So ten years or more category. Good for them. So as the new senior creative officer of cultural content and programming in the boardroom. Charlemagne will be discovering and curating new talent and programming for radio and podcasts and developing productions and community initiatives. In September, iHeartMedia and Charlemagne announced the joint podcasting publishing venture, The Black Effect Podcast Network. He'll also be developing a show where he will lead his exclusive one-on-one interviews with some of the most notable artists, athletes, and voices in our society. The conversations would air quarterly across various iHeartRadio stations, podcasts, and other digital platforms. So this is huge, man. iHeartMedia is basically the biggest syndication like platform for a radio outside of like Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. Like they ch- they con- control all the airwaves. I think you have Channel One, which pre- pretty much chan- um, handles all of the uh, the black stations across the nation. Like they do the Tom Joyner Morning Show. Steve, they had Steve Harvey, but he don't do a radio show no more, right? I think his I'm stuff got sure. cut off. Or what's the one that um, that one they do on the show with Ricky Smiley and old girl from Real Housewives or whatever? Well, that's not on TV. It's on the radio, but it's on TV, though. Remember with the little midget girl that was singing uh, Ari Lennox's song? <laughs> yeah, but isn't that on uh, Dish Network or something? Yeah, but I think it's on, like, but it's part of a radio. It's a syndicate. Just like how Breakfast Club is part of Revolt. Like, they have different syndication through different channels. Okay, gotcha. So, they have, like, publishing rights that can be, like, they they own the show itself, mm-hmm. 
but the rights to the actual show can be syndicated across different networks or within the same network family, the media family that they have. So this is big news. I say all of this, I mentioned all of this to say that, man, there's some power moves that are being made from the boardrooms. And what that means is that the people that are in these boardrooms will be able to assign who's going to be creating the content. So not only the actors, not only the faces that you see on screen, but the directors, the writers, the ones that are curating this information. I mean, these, these shows and um, even um, hopefully the people that are actually the people that always go unnoticed is just the staff, like the people that do the food, that do the catering, do the makeup, um, that do the schedule planning, that do the cinematography, that do, you know, the, the Foley artists, like just everything, you know, the, like we in here now, everybody got a got a, a way, got a plug just by being in the room and having that representation and the shit. You might not see it right now, but you should actually the black effect. Like the amount of black shows that are on right now, like I can't watch all of them. Before it was like we gotta watch this one, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Back in I remember I, I remember being, being at a party with my parents or some holiday gathering and they were reminisced on when they had to go see uh Roots when Roots came on. And I think that was like 78, 79. Where it was like that was an event. <laughs> and they had to just see niggas get beat. <laughs> that was the highlight, you know. You know, I'm serious. What was ours? Oh, Jackson's Jackson Five story. You know, you watched it. Say you didn't. Of course, we had a tape. <laughs> yeah, seen that movie way too many times. That was an anthology. That was like, what was it five episodes? Yeah, they were all on the uh, cassettes. Uh, not cassettes, but those. <laughs> Two, three episodes watching them kids get beat. I wish somebody make a montage all the whoopings they had. The toy got her ass beat <laughs> for no reason. I was like, man, oh, goddamn. You hey, you beat them to hey, you beat them to greatness. That shit. What was it? What was a new? What was another one besides Jackson Five? What was another black show like that was like an event? I can't think of. Like, even, like, videos. Like, when Michael Jackson would, like, debut a video, it was, like, a big thing. I remember yeah. when, like, him uh-huh. and... Uh, they were doing Fox a lot. Yeah. Well, he's doing Sony Yeah, they did... One with his sister, him and Janet, did a screen on uh, MTV. I remember that was, like, a huge premiere. It's just, like, you just have these events that, like, you just needed to, you know, have a sense of blackness. Or even just, like, black movies. You know, Tyler Perry would with his movies which look I'm not a fan of the Medea movies but hey do your own thing he's do- that's one th- I, shit I didn't even mention Tyler Perry that's the biggest one that's one of the biggest ones this nigga got his own studio now <sighs> we'll see what he does with it <laughs> yeah but I hope like I hope it to your point as you were saying that hopefully it'll help new ideas be you know be in abundance going forward and that um we don't have to face all of these paywalls to have inclusivity and, you know, for people to really kind of get out their ideas. Yeah, the point is just going to be the more, the merrier. Not, not just slim pickings, you know? Like, we've been used to, so. Absolutely. So, yeah. We out here. 
this shit is happening. Um, all of these news stories have inspired me. I got my own stuff cooking up in the pipeline, and I'm trying to trying to do. Um, even with this podcast, man, like it's everything. I don't care if you black and you got any kind of idea, you got any kind of dream, you got anything that inspires you. Don't let nobody stop that shit. There's so much mediums out here. Even if it's crazy, people are going to judge it regardless. But at least you bold enough and you have the balls or the eggs. <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it to, to do to do what you want to do and what you feel. Right. As long as you ain't disrespecting nobody, as long as you ain't doing it illegally, you know, all these hustles that we had to work the system illegally, that shit ain't even cool no more. That's that's being lazy. There's too many legitimate ways to get some paper out here right now. You just have to armor yourself, supply yourself with the ammunition of knowledge and just trying to go out and get it. There's no more excuses, man. So. Hopefully this motivates y'all. It motivates me. Um, shit's popping, man. We're going to have a lot lot more entertainment. Things are going to be funkier. Things are going to be sexier. Going to be funnier. Because we in it, man. We just we, we are the culture. We are the heartbeat of this planet. And um, I think this is really kind of setting some pillars to, to really make that happen. Like, chains are off. Absolutely. Let's go for it. Hell yeah. So, yeah, I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it there. I try to keep these episodes as condensed as possible. I think we're hitting the hour mark on this one, so I'm gonna try to wrap it up. But um, as you know, always hit us up on the social media. So Twitter at uh, fifth underscore men and Instagram at fifth amendment to keep the conversations and topics going. So thanks for taking the time to listen to broadly specific. Could have listened to anything else. But you decided to listen to some BS. Appreciate it, partner. Peace.